Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to The Sigma Show, episode 89. I'm your host, Sigma. Just before I let you know who is joining me this week, real quick, we'll go over what our topics will be. Uh, first up, uh, there's a lot of news uh, on Ubisoft. Uh, announcement went out, or a leak went out, I should say, followed by an announcement that uh, three unreleased or unannounced games were canceled. Of course, they were unreleased. We didn't even know they existed. But um, they were canceled. Uh, Skull and Bones, their uh, pirate game that's been going through some trials and tribulations, uh, has been delayed for a sixth time. So we'll just kind of discuss kind of what we think is going on over there. I'm aware that I'm a Ubisoft employee, but I promise you, I did not see this coming. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. Uh, so we'll all kind of discuss it uh, with fresh eyes, fresh perspectives. Uh, our next topic, uh, D&D released a message essentially uh, threatening, we'll say, to pull uh, licenses or like the, the open game license uh setup that they've had before that lets a lot of um you know creators kind of use D rules and their derivative works etc uh but after about a week of backlash apparently have walked it back so we'll talk about kind of what that thought process might be like what this means going forward if people will continue to trust wizards of the coast uh this that and the third uh and finally uh some disturbing uh reports of uh rick and morty and high on life uh, creator Justin Roiland being charged with domestic violence. And this, once again, bringing up this whole situation of, like, you know, the art and the artist and, like, people's ability to kind of enjoy things with, like, scumbaggy creatives involved with it. Uh, but here to talk to me about these topics today, back after a while, Blue Bones. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Blue Bones, B-L-U-B-0-N-E-S. There he is. Uh, also joined <laughs> by Frost. What's up, everybody? I do not have this cool attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That'll just have to do. Uh, welcome, guys. Uh, I know we're usually a foursome. Uh, Ash ran into some stuff. Uh, usually he yeah. uh, ha- he was going to be here on this show, but uh, had to take care of some stuff. But we'll, we'll push forward ahead with three of us. Uh, should be a great conversation regardless, as we tend to always start with what we've been playing. Blue, it's been a long time Yay. since you've been around. I imagine... You have millions of games under your <laughs> oh, belt. Yeah, of course. Back, backlog. backlog is so small now; it's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, no, but, yeah, what like you been up to? It got bigger somehow. Um, thanks for. Oh, I'm sorry. Me. I'm. I apologize. <laughs> no, One second, Cat. Why are you in this chat after I asked you two days ago? <laughs> two days ago to be on this show. Where have you been, Miss Cat? Well, I'm sorry, Blue. I just, I just want her to answer for her okay. crimes. Howdy. <laughs> Howdy, Miss Cat. There <laughs> um, you go, Blue. Yeah, no. I've, um, I've been playing a lot, trying to keep my head cool, and on the exact opposite of that spectrum, uh, Overwatch 2 has been one of the... Um, <laughs> yeah. One of my frequent ones. But I'm not going to lie. I, as crazy as the launch was, as crazy as all these new changes are... Um, I'm having a, a great time. I think it's like it's like watching a drama series. Wow, that looked like it was a strong. Oh, it was, it was a strong. Hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like interrupting you. I didn't realize this tea was this hot. <laughs> oh God. Um, but you guys are all here about Overwatch too. Uh, but I will say, Ramatra. I think he's such a dope character. His. Um, oh, he's out now, right? Oh yeah, his his synchronization. Story-wise and ability-wise, with Genji and um, and Zenyatta, 
is right, gorgeous. yeah, because they're it's they're so all gorgeous. part of that whole Omnix yeah thing. Because Genji's you know a disciple of Zenyatta, yada yada yada. Exactly. I'm not sure that's how he says his name, but yeah, <laughs> now I got you. <laughs> um, I've been playing. I've also been playing um, Gunfire Reborn. I know you guys saw me post a little bit about it. Um, that's on Game Pass. Yo, I played the hell out of that game. I've I finally um, beat all the difficulties that's available on uh, Game Pass, and I know that there's a DLC um, that's available on Steam that I've been thinking about going back into checking that out. But Gunfire Reborn was such a fun first-person shooting roguelike hero ability kind of game. Um, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of fun strategies, just fast-paced. It was a good break from the stress of Overwatch. <laughs> it was a different stress. <laughs> but it still keeps you warm because you're still exactly. playing a shooter. You still got you those abilities. It. You yeah. see it. Now, what messed me up, though, I, I'm glad you said that. What messed me up is in this game, um, you press B to dash, right? So oh, yeah. you got to dodge out the way, blah, blah. So then I go to Overwatch, and I'm running out, and I'm crouching. Crouching, <laughs> crouching. Dude, that, that's why I changed my bindings to match my like my shooter game, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, that's always fun to give your brain that stretch. But uh, other than that, um, for whatever reason, I restarted Animal Crossing and just be like that sometimes. Restarted? And, yeah, yeah. So like you demolished your old town and that's correct. Killed all your ex neighbors. Well, and- not kill is not <laughs> the word I would use. Um, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I was going to say displaced, but that just sounds like the government. Yeah, yeah. That's almost worse. Right? <laughs> yeah. You just made them homeless. They're just moving uh, uh, different areas now. Uh, they've gentrified other wonderful neighborhoods. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it says freed them. <laughs> right, I freed them, yeah. <laughs> Which means they were captives before. I but mean, okay. look, man, we they're not we mine. Touch on that. Okay, that's Tom's problem. <laughs> that's Mr. Nook. Um, I just work here. Okay, sorry, my dog's being a dick. Um, lastly, <laughs> last but not least, you know me, I like to watch stuff, um, especially uh, my comedies. Southside right now is doing it for me on HBO Max. That show is brilliant. That's, to describe that show? It's, I feel so, like I've heard of that name before. Yeah, Southside is, um, the way it was described to me was it was Atlanta for Chicago uh-huh. But not as heavy. But it's still, okay. it's it's hilarious. Um, the, I believe the creator plays the main character. His sisters in the show. His best friend, in the show and in real life, um, has a twin who is also writing on the show. And then they have a set of cops who, in real life, are married, but in the show, they're like just. They butt heads. They're like oil and water. It's just so funny just seeing them bicker. So knowing that the show is a family affair and then watching how they describe their city is so funny to see. Now, on top of that, I'm not from Chicago. So I knew Mm -hmm. when I was watching this, I'm not getting most of the jokes. I've been to Chicago once. So I'm like, that gives me a tiny bump off of like some (laughs) other folks, right? But not, not anything serious. So one of my best friends who lives in Chicago, I showed him some of these episodes and I, I, I promise you, he stopped it like four or five times in the episode. Like, yo, I've been in this exact situation. I know that oh, street. Like, I've felt this before. They talk exactly like that. And uh-huh. it was really wonderful to see somebody connect with the piece of content so heavy. 
And right. even though I already thought it was funny to see that person enjoy it even more. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah. It's hitting on that additional level of being from a specific area. So like the people from that area will, you know, get a little bit more out of yeah, it. The authenticity just watching comedy. But it, yeah. But it's great that, even if you're not from there, like you can still get into it. 100%. Yeah. Um, it's so. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a great show. Um, uh, Fat asking, what was that show called? I live in Chicago. It's called Southside. Um, Southside. Yeah. It was produced by Comedy Central. It's on HBO Max. Um, and I'm a little upset that I haven't seen so much advertisement for this. Um, I haven't seen any marketing. For yeah. This. I remember the name, but yeah, like not, I've not been seeing people talk about it or ads for it or anything like that. I haven't seen ads. I've only seen people talk about it with word of mouth, which is pretty interesting because I've seen ads for a lot of this stuff on HBO max. So, you know, I'm just going to put that there, but, <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, I, Oh, I think last time you and I talked, I restarted Westworld, and then I heard that HBO was pulling it. Oh, so I'm like, no. I'm not doing oh, it to myself. Boy. And I yeah. just stopped right away. <laughs> what a shame. That's why I yeah. wait, bro. I'll right. wait till y'all are done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, that's, like... that's the meat and potatoes of, of what I've been doing. Um, okay. I'm gearing up for Monster Hunter Rise. I had it on the Switch. Um, but I'm getting ready to restart it on the 20th when it drops on Game Pass. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna restart it again for the I, for the third time. <laughs> yeah, right. I've been thinking about like what weapons I'm gonna use this time, and of course, my first thought Insect Glaive because I'm just a weeb like that. But <laughs> I think I'm gonna try Sword and Shield this time. Try and keep it. Um, Sword and Shield is fun. That's what I've been hearing. That's what I've been hearing. So um, we're gonna give it a shot. We'll see what's up. There's two weapons in that game that aren't fun. That's the thing. Like I I've I have just completely ignored. Since I started really getting into Monster Hunter with World, yeah. I've ignored all the bow guns, like the heavy bow gun, the light bow yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll give that a shot, but I don't know. I feel, that feels too third-person shootery. And like the thing I love about Monster Hunter is how good of like an action combat game it is. Like I don't want to be yeah, that yeah. out of the action because even even the the bow, like the bow and arrow, yeah, feels like you're in the thick of it. Like you yeah. get to like dash all over the place, and like it's it's really fun. Most definitely, yeah, I see that. Um, I've heard lots of enjoyment from the bow guns, but that might be more on the technical level. Like people are saying, I do so much damage as a bow gun, not like I had mm-hmm. so much fun um, oh. moving around and in, in the play style as the bow gun. So, um, but I don't know that the the switch skill stuff like that adds so much to every single weapon. Yeah. So like. It, it might it might feel a little different now with that stuff added in because I know that there's some like crazy looking moves that the bow guns have because of the Swiss skill stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, that, my hesitation with jumping back in for the third time is because the second time I had to play through the base game was to get to the Sunbreak content. Yeah, and what Sunbreak adds is literally just more of the stuff you like. Like it adds more Swiss skills. It adds the ability to preset different loadouts of switch skills so you can switch between the switch skills you have which you already have more of them Mm -hmm. you can switch between that preset to an entirely different preset in the middle of battle so it's just switch skills up the wazoo essentially and to to have that taken away by going back to the base game feels like all right so now i'm playing a slightly slower version Mm, of this game that sped it up to like 11 but like at this point like um because i didn't get to play those first two run throughs with like the open party crew, like most of like my actual like online friends and whatnot. So with it coming to Game Pass, and a lot of these guys are going to be jumping back in. That's enough motivation. I feel like, but all right, I'll I'll jump back in and get through it the third time. We got to make a channel for that. I, the open party Discord too. Oh yeah, we will definitely do that. 
<laughs> um, and I think the, the Sunbreak content is supposed to come out in the spring on Game Pass. If, if not Game Pass, at the very least, it'll launch on consoles like uh, the base game did. But uh, yeah, they're starting with the base game, and then the, the expansion comes a little later. Hey, good to hear. That's going to be dope. Yeah, that's basically what I got. Um, yeah, I saw a musical, if y'all are interested. The Hades Town. Uh, I am interested. Yeah, right. Hades Town? Town. Yeah, down um, at the Fox Theater here in Atlanta. Um, the story that? about it was it was interesting. Unfortunately, it was that day that like all the um, the planes got grounded, so it was mostly understudies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, wild, bro. Um, I mean, they, they did they handle business, or was it like you could tell? They got paid. <laughs> you could tell this is the really? backup. <laughs> <laughs> they got paid. Yeah, no, it was it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was an interesting story, uh, and I'm not going to go too far into it, but it's. Uh, Hades, Persephone, um, was talking about their love and um, Orpheus and Eurydice and their love and how there was a, a tragedy that happened in between the four of them. Um, it was also set in like a New Orleans kind of fantasy world. So, um, yeah, you had like Mardi Gras style music talking about the road to hell and the train to hell and blah, blah, blah. And mm. it, was, it was interesting. It was interesting. Okay. Um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And um, I pulled some of the, actually some of the story elements into my D&D uh, campaigns that I'm I'm putting together. Um, nice. I want to talk about D&D later. That's why I didn't even bring it yeah, up. Yeah, that, that is on the menu for that's, sure. That's, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <You got it. laughs> right. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Frost, anything you uh, are eager to share with the group? Let's see what I got here. Uh, first off, somebody mentioned your Twitch chat's in slow mode. It's oh. in slow mode. Yeah, it's, a, it's an option that limits everybody's chat to 30-second intervals. Oh, How did that happen? Uh, oh, okay. I do see that that is... Oh, that, yeah, yeah, I just took it off. off. I got you. I got okay. you. Free jaw. Anyway, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> free now. As, as, far, as far as what I've been doing, I've been <coughs> I see, uh, trying out a bunch of different games. As I, I was, as I was crying earlier, I don't have that like level of fire, that addiction that comes through competitive games. So I've been trying <laughs> everything. Right, a little Overwatch two, good game. A little Fortnite, confusing game. <laughs> Played some seed yesterday. That was fun. You know, you I, I'm just trying to look for that one that like grabs me. Maybe Street Fighter comes through. I don't know. So I've, yeah, I'm I, waiting on that one. Right. I, I've kind of cut back. Been watching more movies. Been watching more shows. I watched the menu. What the whiteness was that? I was like <laughs> the strangest thing I ever seen. And uh, as somebody who was who was cooking for so long, no one's gonna understand this, but I hate this movie. Because it would deny that Anthony Bourdain existed, right? Who was a man oh, who wow. fought for the culture of the people, fought for the poor, fought for like peasant dishes, popper foods, as they're called. This movie mm. cannot exist. But that almost adds to the thriller aspect, where it's like, imagine a world where Anthony Bourdain doesn't exist. And I'm like, all right, maybe I guessed it myself in a liking it. Maybe I redeemed it for you, right? But you know. <laughs> strange, strange movie overall. And then, uh, yeah, no, nah, I've just been taking it easy watching, I guess I just filler shows where it's, it's not meant to be impactful or anything, but watching like mm-hmm. cooking shows, reality things, Forged and Fire. The, 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 that's how I'm starting the year. Just a bunch of this. Back in the day, I'd come home yeah, from like school, watch whatever stakes. was on Discovery, you know? Like, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty low, uh, slow burn for me right now. Oh, does that does that wrap it up for you? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Hey, real quick, did y'all watch that Miss Cleo documentary? 
on HBO Max? No, I forgot. Oh, I saw the trailer for that and was like, I really want to see that. But then it it left my memory. Thank you, you for bringing that back up. No. Did you watch Jamaican, it? Yes. As a Jamaican dude growing up, I was like, yo, this woman is a scammer. She's using my culture. Da, 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 da. Yo, watch it. I'm on like on a completely different train now. Completely like that, different train. Like how weird is the whole Miss Cleo thing? Like, why do we all know Miss Cleo? Why are we fascinated with that? Because that it age. was right on the cusp of the information age, like right before things could really spread properly, right? So mm-hmm. everything was word of mouth, and she was such a char- charismatic scandal that all kinds of stories get out. Yo, right before, I'm not going to tell y'all what happened in there, but like, I could have sworn she was in jail for the longest time. I could have sworn that. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's I learned a lot. Let's put it that way. You I, know, just I, that. Yeah. You I definitely want to get a Martha oh, Stewart. <laughs> Man, <laughs> uh, Lampy in the chat is asking who's Miss Cleo. So I, yeah, that it may not be an international that's thing. True, that's true. But if you if you've never heard of Miss Cleo uh, in America, at least Miss Cleo was a psychic, a TV psychic. You would see infomercials where she would essentially tell you to call her and then she'd have like uh people like examples of people calling her and her giving them psychic advice and being wowed by her. And I don't know why, but she was prolific. Everyone knows yeah. Miss Cleo. Have any of you guys tried to call Miss Cleo? Because I, I have. No, nah, brother. No, nah. <laughs> really. You tried. You tried to call when I was younger. I was. Yeah, upset. when I was young. When I was, I was upset because she was trying to talk like my aunties, and she was making money. <laughs> I was mad. <laughs> so I'm calling in, and there's some other lady. I said, "I'm looking for Miss Cleo." They said. Um, Miss Cleo's busy right now, but I can. I just clicked. Thank God. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. <laughs> oh, because they be char. Oh man, they charge you by the minute for those calls. Just watch the documentary. I know that's not what we're here for, but like that's. A but good no, one. no. Thank you for bringing yeah, that up because no I, I definitely want to see that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's who Miss Cleo is. Um, but you yeah, can't have that Frost- these days, bro. You can't have a Miss Cleo like in the internet. Yeah, age, can't. We can't have a nilly vanilla like that. That doesn't happen <laughs> no. anymore. Mm-mm. Well, it's it's sanctioned now, really. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if that wraps things up for you, Frost, yeah. uh, I'll I'll be brief. Um, I saw Puss in Boots: The Last Wish last Ooh. night. Ooh, what a fantastic movie! For real, really? Oh my god! Like, like I was hearing people like buzzing about it, but Same. I I was not prepared for how good of a story that was how good the animation was like the entire scenario that they that they have uh this this side shrek character go through was so engaging like not a not a minute of that movie's runtime is wasted and they go through so much like they they get and like like there's there's nothing that's slow either like even even the more kind of downbeat portions where characters are like talking to each other and you know revealing important information about one another they're super interesting because they're giving you like very, very tangible nuggets of information that explain why those characters are behaving the way they're behaving, like right before you're getting that information or right after you get that information, hmm. right? Yeah. They have multiple villains, all of which are compelling, all of, uh, all of which have different motivations for what they're doing, but none of them are being excused for what they're doing. It's not, it's not the situation that we come into nowadays that I, I think some people have been tired of where it's like, oh, this villain is actually a good guy in a different light. It's more oh, so yeah. this, villain, this villain is a bad person. I miss and those. the more you learn about that person, you learn more and more about, oh, this is just a bad person. Like, there's, <laughs> not, there's not another side to this that. guy. <laughs> yeah. I see. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the retribution. 
I mean, I miss those old school <laughs> Disney villains where it's just like this is a bad dude and there's no redeeming them. They're just they're just wicked. Yeah, like did you watch the one, the Puss in Boots movies prior? Like, do I need? To? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Well. Like, I was yeah, I was wondering if if I'd be a little lost because apparently this is like supposed to be the last one yeah. of of those series. But honestly, you don't need to have any prior knowledge of either Puss in Boots or Shrek to enjoy yeah. anything out of this movie. Oh yeah. Puss like it's so it's Shrek so before. well done, it's so self-contained. All the characters who show up are, you know, given not like big exposition dumps, but uh very decent introductions so that you you get their deal and you get why they're involved and you get what their motivations are like like that. They don't waste any time bogging down any of the story beats with the exposition, but it's all there. All that information is there. Like it's so well crafted. And on, on top of all of the great writing and story pacing and whatnot, the animation is fire. Like, they they borrow a little bit from that Into the Spider-Verse style. Like, they don't wholesale copy it, yeah. but you can see the influence. Like, they, it's, it doesn't look like how the old Shreks looked. It's a lot more vibrant. Um, when they get into, like, real fast-paced action, which is very anime-inspired, mind you. Like, these folks have been doing their research. Like, it okay. looks like something you've seen uh, in, in an anime movie. But, like, when the action starts, you can see the frames sort of cut. So, like, that looks like Into the Spider-Verse, like how that's right. kind of choppy in his movement. Yeah. Exactly. But it's because of how visceral the action is. Like, I'm wondering if it would be harder to follow if they didn't actually drop the frames so that you're seeing it more clearly. Like, it's hard to explain unless you go see it because, like, the, the whole movie isn't like that. Yeah, It's yeah. just when the yeah. action picks up, it goes into this super stylistic mode. And like it's it's so well done. Like I I can't rave about this movie enough. <laughs> like it is so like it is far and beyond past my expectations. Like it is the best movie uh, I've seen in like a really long time. So like probably since everything everywhere all at once. I haven't been that hyped coming out of the theater. Nice, that's crazy. And my and my son sat there next to me and watched it. He was fully engaged the whole time. Yeah, something I've not really seen in a while. <laughs> like he he loved it too. So like adults, kids, like go see that movie. That's you up. won't be hearing about it, Lampy, because Nick won't let Darren talk about Puss in Boots for some reason. He vetoed. <laughs> well, Nick, Nick will have to hear about it now. Got to now. We're all going to go watch it together. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, outside of that, um, I, I have been watching a thing, but I can't talk about it because I, I'm going to get to write a TV review for a change. Nice. So uh, keep keep an eyes, keep your eyes out for that. That should be fun. But, um Games-wise, um, I just reviewed a game called Vengeful Guardian Moonrider. Uh, the three MR is up on the Escapist site, uh, but essentially, it's it's a big giant homage to uh, like '90s action platformers. Um, like I, my touch tones, touch stones were like the Strider games on Sega, and uh, you know the Mega Man X games or Mega Man games in general, because it borrows a lot of trappings from like the Robot Masters and getting to select which direction you go into. Uh, but apparently, it's a much closer. Uh, analog to a entirely different uh, and um, Sega Master System uh, action platformer that I've just never heard of. But like the, these these guys uh, at Joy Master, like they apparently they have a habit of just trying to recreate that old school style. And like for the people who are super into that, like I get it. Like they they want to relive uh, you know those glory days of like sixteen bit graphics and sixteen uh, uh, bit sound design and stuff like that. And like they nail all those points. Uh, it's just I grew up in that era, and I like when things evolve. Like, you have the capability <laughs> to kind of take this further. I want to see where it goes, as opposed to constantly looking back. Like, it's fine for what it is, but it's definitely 
it's definitely a game of that era, even though it was made today. And you, you either love that or you, you know, you take it for what it is. So like, it's, it's, there's nothing bad about it. It does exactly what it sets out to do. But like, if you're if you're looking for like, oh, this is my next big action platformer, and you're like coming off of something more modern, this probably won't scratch that itch. Uh, it's got great music though. Hey, there you the, go. The music they didn't they didn't, <laughs> uh, they didn't keep that in the old school era, right? They didn't use just the tools of the old school to do the music. Like they just went like, all right, we'll we'll put actual sound <laughs> in, in the soundtrack, and like it's really really good. So definite vibes there. Uh, but I think that wraps things up for me mostly, uh, which means we can get into our first topic, uh, which is about Ubisoft. <laughs> um, so I have no idea what unannounced games were canceled. So like I just I don't have that information. Uh, and if I did have the information, I probably couldn't share it. I probably get in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I mean I I don't know if there's any if there's any worth to speculating about what those games might have been. The the more important part is that three teams who are working on stuff essentially just don't have a project anymore, which really sucks. Um, so it's just what I, strange uh-huh. to the it's, it's odd to the news cycle because like back, back in the day you'd hear about games that were going to come out in like uh, in January you hear about the next Assassin's Creed coming out in December or whatever uh-huh. and now it's like the next one comes out in two years three years four years now we're getting to the point where we're reporting on games that aren't even going to come out at all like they never made it out of that we're just like <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting to hear Todd Howard has thought of an idea for a game <laughs> here's what he's thinking. <laughs> Like we're that, that's probably we're not. Reporting. Yeah, it's probably not that far off. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely articles where it's just like, oh, these two people are talking about a game, and you're just like, okay, yeah, no, no you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they can talk. They're people. Um, I hear what you're saying. This is kind of you know, I think this is less of a. Hey guys, um, Ubisoft's not making your favorite games anymore, and it's more like, what's going on at Ubisoft? Why we're cutting? While we're cutting this budget, or while we're cutting all mm-hmm. these games, That's, I think it's it's more of like, what's happening in the background of Ubisoft? This is like a warning light, I mean, a red flag, if you will. You know, somebody said my Slack is making them jump. I didn't, I don't even hear any messages, so maybe I'm just immune to it. I'll I'll go ahead and close that window. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but yeah like from the couple of articles i read like the speculation seems to point to um like financials right Mm -hmm. uh the year didn't sell like games that were released this year didn't sell as well as they'd hoped and honestly ubisoft didn't have a ton of big releases this year either like their last big game this year was well no because far cry 6 came out last year right arcs of hope was there (laughs) Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Sparks of Hope reviewed amazingly well, but apparently it's not selling. It's a full $60 game on the Switch, and it's like people people who have played it seem to like it very much, but like it's not capturing the masses. Like fresh, yeah, like fresh uh, buyers or whatnot. I'm, I'm curious because I don't actually know how well the last game sold. Because. Because uh, colloquially, I'm just getting the information that folks bought it on a sale. Like, <laughs> like folks didn't decide to jump into the first game until it was on sale at some point. So it was like, oh, they waited, and then they played it, and then they liked it. But now that the new one came out, and that's full price, they're not just hopping on it. They're probably going to wait for another sale. That seems to be the situation there. 
That's fair. Uh, I don't know. See, I'm always skeptical about anything like underperformance. Is that is that relative to the last game, as you said? Is this mm-hmm. forecasted? And you guys were like, hey, Mr. CEO, I'm going to make you $2 million. Pat me on the head. And it just so, only made $1 million, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. eh, I, I don't know. I'm, in the modern times, I'm very wary of the problems of the C-suite being my problems, which like rarely are. <laughs> like, Any time, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Um, what what do you call it? Friggin' New Game of Thrones? Was it something about the dragon? Uh, ah, House of Dragons. So <laughs> bad about names. House of the Dragons underperforming. It's like it's a it's a good show, but nobody wants good anymore, which is kind of I, I, I don't I don't believe in that. Game of Thrones Barn. made me get HBO for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have done the same thing for the, this dragon show, and that's what CEOs cringe about. Where it's like, yeah, right? I need you to hot platforms that's the kind of love i need for this show it, it doesn't matter if everybody who has that platform tunes in if they're not getting new people in that's like that's a dud yeah it's still a habit. failure yeah and i'm like brother you are y'all are needy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, but it's like I, I fully agree like yeah the the need for a corporation to grow constantly and for it to never ever you know uh level out or have a, a lull period that's not necessarily our problem. Like that's not a thing that really affects the consumer in a real way. Other than the fact that as fans of certain things that it changes the way those corporations are going to start trying to sell to us. Right. Cause if, if they're saying like, Oh, so the critics really like Mario and rabbit sparks of hopes. The game was really good, but nobody bought it. That means in terms of the numbers, that means they didn't like it. That means we won't make another one. And that would be unfortunate because it's a good series. Like, I honestly feel like the stuff that they've been doing in that game has been moving the turn-based tactics genre forward. Like, they're making it a lot more dynamic. I would like to see other attempts at that, even if it doesn't come from them. Uh, other people just taking what they've, they've done and expanding on top of it because, like, it's just good uh, innovation in that genre. But, like, if it doesn't get, like, the, the love or the monetary love that it uh, maybe rightfully deserves, who knows? It just, it, it ripples throughout the industry of people saying like, peop- the, the folks don't like this. Mm. Like, so why would we make one of these when that sold that bad? Like you pitch that, even if you have a great idea for it, it's like, oh, this is like that Mario Rabbids game. Those execs are gonna go look at how it's sold and be like, oh, nobody likes that, don't do it. Right. So like, it's, just, it's gonna stifle everything surrounding it, it feels like. Yeah. They also um, still trying to finish Assassin's Creed, I imagine. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that that wasn't one of the unannounced things getting canceled for sure. <laughs> no, I mean the consumer. Like, how are you going to buy a new game when you're still trying to beat this? Oh, guy? <laughs> like, oh, so you're saying oversaturation may have played yeah, a part? I, I, ironically, yeah, I think this like forever content, battle pass, season passes. Why am I going to mm-hmm, jump mm-hmm. to another game? I'm still trying to finish the first one. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, it's a lot of focus on live services nowadays. I think one of the one of the biggest concerns for me, um, it doesn't come from the perspective of a consumer, but I guess kind of like a, a fellow working man, um, you know, because I'm kind of concerned about the people getting the when these projects are cut, are these people losing their jobs? There's a lot of project based contracts that are out there. So are these people losing their jobs and then they got to scrap for another job afterwards um because of the same issue that you guys were you know the the financial growth being the um 
qualifier to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the scary part for me. I'm worried about these these folks just being a uh, a victim of the system, if you will. Uh, and that's that's a really good point. Uh, from what I know about the 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 worker situation mm-hmm. um, is Ubisoft, generally speaking, is very anti layoffs. Like they don't really do like mass layoffs all that often. Like they they currently have twenty thousand people on staff. It's a lot of it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of employees. Yeah. But what's probably going to happen is uh, they're going to try and move those people onto other projects. Like they have a lot of studios that are all helping work on a couple games. They're kind of like Activision in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are going to be some people who probably don't have like a good fit. And what Ubisoft tends to do apparently is kind of wait for them to find other work. Like they, rather than you know firing them outright, they kind of won't give them anything to do, which is kind of sucky in a different way. And like they, what they call that is like natural attrition. Oh, <laughs> I think is the term for it. I've been like, which to is, war. Natural, <laughs> I've been natural attrition a few times. Yeah. yeah, like that. That actually happened to me in my previous like full time job. It's like they were yeah. like, "Oh, we don't have anything for you. You could do this job over here that we know you have zero interest in, and said so from the very beginning." But that's your only option. So it's like, I guess my yeah. other option is to quit. <laughs> it's so funny you mention that because that literally happened to me like last week. Thank God I got a new job now. You know what I'm saying? Whoop whoop. But congrats. I, that literally happened to me like last week. My job was right. some BS time. So like it's it's not great. Like it's kind of one step to the side of just straight up layoffs. Yeah. Uh but like yeah, the the hope is uh they find enough spaces for that staff in other projects. Oh yeah. Um and that they can release some of those projects because the other half of this news is that Skull and Bones, their long announced pirate game, has been delayed again. This is the sixth delay for the particular title um and like the the main thing about this title is that every time it is shown off it's kind of met with a lot of uh apathy i guess <laughs> or at the very least criticism because like it's just it's not living up to this idea that a lot of people have for what this game is going to be like it seems like the memo ubisoft took for oh we love the ship combat in assassin's creed was to make a ship combat game which isn't which isn't to say like that makes sense because that's what people were saying. It was right. like, oh, the ship combat in the Assassin's Creed game is dope. So they just took that, literally that, and was like, okay, we'll make that a whole game. And folks were like, oh, wait, but I like the Assassin's Creed part too. <laughs> and like they haven't been able to kind of make their way back to that full picture just yet. And like, I don't know if it's because it's like a sunken cost fallacy. Like they've already done so much work in one direction, it, it would take too long to turn it around. But like, I don't know. For. They they had a big reveal for this last year, like just a couple of months ago, really. And they gave it a new release date and like they showed cinematics and they showed some gameplay and a bunch of ship customization and stuff. And once again, they're like, we gotta we gotta take more time with this. So I'm curious, what do you guys think the the mindset could be of this dev team? Like, are they finally just gonna give it the time it needs to turn it into an actual Assassin's Creed pirate game? Or is it like the game is just not coming together like what like what's your speculation on this oh man um <laughs> you know what this is this is really um i feel like this is shallow and i feel bad for this but <laughs> i have not had faith in a assassin's creed game um 
in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this is I haven't played Odyssey, so I have to be fair. I haven't played Odyssey, and that's supposed to be very, very good, right? But um, two was felt revolutionary um, at the time, Assassin's Creed Two. But then after that, all the changes that they were making and the strives for um, basically just different set pieces felt started to feel corny for me. Um, so <laughs> I'm not super excited about what they're going to put out next. I don't see anything really blowing my mind. The initial story mm. of, you know, the the future meet in the past was was cool, but it feels like we've gone away from that so far. Um and maybe again, I haven't played Odyssey, maybe they wrapped that back in and I just missed it. But um so you're yeah. a fan of the animus stuff. Like you liked the the juxtaposition of the connection uh, to the future. Yeah, like the the, like the Desmond story yeah. alongside the other assassin story. Because, yeah, they have toned that down a bit. But I feel like people were asking them to. Because after Desmond was gone, they kind of lost thread a little bit. That's because Desolate quit. He said, I'm only making three of these. And then it was done. They said, all right, fine. You can do whatever you want now. By the way, you're fired. <laughs> Yeah, so the- yeah, like, cause yeah, cause yeah, I, like 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 you blue after, like after the mainline ones, like after the numbered ones, yeah. I kind of fell off. Like the last one I played was, uh, the Origins Black Flag. Because like, no, I haven't touched any Ooh, of the RPG ones. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, not played any of the big RPG either. ones, and that's because they feel daunting. Like I was interested in them, but it's like that's so much more game than I I feel compelled to play right now so that's that's kind of why i'm super excited for mirage which they announced is basically going back to that more linear single player uh type thing and not the big open world rpg like i feel like that that could bring back a lot of fans actually uh not to say that you know fans have left assassin's creed series because it's still like their top seller like there's still a big big market for assassin's creed as it is now but like yeah like the, the camp has been split in half and they're now kind of that's why they announced five of those joints because they're freaking appealing <laughs> to both sides now they're like okay we'll make a single player more stealth action one for you guys and then we'll make a big open world action one for you guys and then we'll make a mobile one for china and you know but yeah as far like, as like, like, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. This thing, I was just thinking they're waiting for the right pirate time. Pirates not a not, not a theme you can just whip out all the time. It really yeah. almost comes down to luck. Unless you're you Oda. Got, you, uh, no, I, I'm almost tying that into it. Where it's pirates, it's vampires, it's gladiators, and you can't just always crack these out. Like you got to cycle them out. We're we're overdue for a gladiator theme one. I'm thinking, but Overwatch on gladiators right now. See, there you there you go. Yeah. You got them right now. <laughs> I almost feel like they're waiting for a new Pirates of the Caribbean movie, One Piece to finish, something. It's just really not the time to be popping out a pirate game. You can't just out of nowhere, like, look at that. We bu- we buckling and swashing. And it's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean, dude? I mean, see, Sea of Thieves came out in, like, a pirate. But it didn't mode. do well. It yeah, didn't do well but at the it's Sea of Thieves. Like, not saying that people don't play the game, but it's very niched. Like... Mm-hmm. You're not gonna just fall. Well, it, fl- it definitely flies under the radar, but uh, I I would hesitate to call it niche because like it's it's it has like a really big player base. Like there's a lot of people who who like where and this is weird to think about, but there's a lot of people whose game like this is the game they log into and play all the time is Sea of Thieves. Oh, like it's like 
What? And uh, this is me just being tolerant, I guess. (laughs) 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 But yeah, like I, I, I agree. Like I feel like I don't see. I don't see how that game is hooking people that strongly, yeah. but like you know, to each their own. Do you? Yeah. There's, like there's I, comment. like if I was gonna get hooked in a pirate experience, it would have to be something of the, of the look and feel of a Skull and Bones. Except I don't want that either. <laughs> Skull and Bones looks a little depressing to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why? Well, it's yeah, like really too realistic. It's not gonna age well. See if Thieves is stylized. You know. So that's true. It's, it's a lot. The thing is, I hate the style though. Like I like the yeah, ship. I like the water. I hate the way the characters, models look, and first person. <laughs> well, I mean, but you're looking at people. Fair. Like you're looking at characters and stuff. I, I don't like their look. That's fair. If it, it feels, uh, feels like what? What's <laughs> sorry? What's the um? Not the Lego characters, but what's the other Playmobil? <laughs> Oh, that's the Mega Blocks and the Playmobil. Yes, that's <laughs> that's what I feel like. Like it looks like the Playmobil version of a pirate game. You root for that. Poly <laughs> almost look like a Funko Pop. Yeah. Oh right. my gosh. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> that's fair. But like, there's not too many pirate games that I'm about. It is just one of those aesthetics. I think that it it uh, it ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Where it, it really is just a, you know. Uh, Cause there's a lot of games that are similar to Sea of Thieves. Uh, this like sort of naval exploration, yeah. naval battles, but now we're very specifically making it about pirates, and that that just comes with the theme. And Ubisoft is here, like, well, no one else is making anything. I don't want to be the first, because I probably I can't afford to have a Sea of Thieves where this game is dead in the water, no pun intended, and then it just <laughs> resurfaces. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of the struggle with them. Like, I'm I'm willing to bet again. I do not know. But I'm willing to bet those three unannounced, unknown games were probably live service games, because like Ubisoft, they had, like they have Siege, which is like a really big live service game. Yep. But then like after that, they're like, let's make everything live service. They have For Honor, which is a really good game uh, that has a dedicated fan base. But I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a big hit, right? I don't think there's a ton and ton of people still on For Honor. They they, oh, they yeah. want Division to be a big live service thing. Like I don't, I'm not sure how well that's doing. Um, what else? Like they they got stuff still in. The, oh, they had freaking Hyperscape. I was about to big, say they yeah had big live service battle royale yeah. that had to close its servers Bruh. because they were so late to the party. That's the thing. and that game was very polished. Like they spent a lot of money to put that thing out. You you think it was really polished? I mean, it was it was big budget. Like it wasn't okay. like uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a less. Polished battle royale that came. I mean, Rumbleverse. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't no BR. Well, I mean, it again, that's like that style. That style. Shooter. That's the BR. style that they chose. But did they, they? Sure. They got one too many shooters already. Here, I think they got to do the right games thing, where they kind of mm-hmm. dip into different genres completely. Uh, even even Blizzard does that a little bit as well. Where like I got into Hearthstone, didn't really care for WoW, didn't yeah. didn't care for any of that stuff, and that kind of put me back into WoW. But they don't compete with themselves, you know. I feel like Ubisoft. There's a lot of synergy across the board. Yeah, like the, like the Division, Ghost Trump. Recon, oh, like yeah, it's so similar. I love their shooters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that yeah, that's another one. Yeah, Ghost Recon was another open world live service thing that they were uh, trying to sell people on, and like yeah, I think it's oversaturation with uh, within their own portfolio even because uh, the market itself is filled with other people trying to make their own big live service game because like. 
those are the behemoths in the room that are kind of sucking up all the air, like Apex Legends, Call of Duty, Warzone, uh, mm. Fortnite, of course. Like, they have so much market share. Like, someone's like, oh, can I get a little piece? But, like, the amount of money you got to spend to attempt to get a piece is clearly detrimental. Because it's only 24 so hours in a day. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> right yeah. Like, that's oh, the crazy God, thing so that people are, you're fighting for time. People's attention and time. And if everybody's tired one day, it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you're just not going to get paid. Like, that, that's the whole thing. You got to keep people thinking about it. It's, it's a whole psychological thing that that's not what the show's on. But you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's a, it's, it's it's a rough crazy. thing to... Like, at, like, attention is the probably the number one commodity of today's companies, right? Like, they need your attention. Advertisers want you to pay attention. Video game people need you to... like. TV makers need you to sit down and watch their show. Like, get out and go to movie theater. Like, pay attention. So much attention. TikTok steals it all. Bro, I was just about to say that. So check it out, right? <laughs> Imagine you got, like, an empty jar, right? And that's all your attention, right? And you put some rocks in it, and you're like, okay, that's my Netflix time. That's my gaming. This is my work. This is my sleep. And then mm-hmm. there's here comes a, a, a bag of sand called TikTok that just fills in everything in between. Yep. Hold yep. <laughs> up. Well TikTok and then Marvel Snap. As well. Okay. Really bigger <laughs> grains of sand, but they in there. Man, I'm just saying. No, that that is the and it's free uh, technically. That, <laughs> that is an apt. So that's why analogy. I like the brass on from software because I say you still got that jar, that whole analogy. But you're like Elden Ring is not going to last forever. It's not this intimidating sand that's just going to hover forever. It's just like mm-hmm. all right for right now. I'm not putting nothing in there. I'm making time for this. Maybe mm-hmm. knock out a couple of work rocks little Elden Ring in there, just big cram that in as much as it can because it's not forever. Uh, I'm hoping, I think a lot of the entertainment industry uh, just goes into overdoing something, overcorrecting something, and then it's just going to forever try and balance itself out. Maybe this is Ubisoft prematurely being like, all right, we're not going to do this live service stuff. I think people just want games that end now. That's like, fingers crossed, who Mm. knows where that goes. Um, Maybe, yeah. The rumor was that Assassin's Creed Infinite was going to be a live service, but now oh, it's more like a yeah. like a launcher kind of thing. It's more of a hub to get your games. Than yeah, I think I th- something happened. Yeah, I don't I don't know which was first because I don't think Ubisoft has specifically said whether or not it was a live service game or not. But when they announced it, I think I think it was announced as a launcher. But I, I do know there was a ton of speculation about it being a live service thing before that actual announcement. Right. Oh, God. But um, even as a launcher, like, what's the difference, right? Because, like, if, if all your Assassin's Creed games uh, launch out of that thing, then all the DLC launches out of that thing. Uh, whatever this future likely multiplayer thing uh, that comes, like, if they bring back the, the multiplayer from Assassin's Creed to Brotherhood, that'll probably launch out of that thing and have cosmetics and, you know, mm-hmm. season passes and whatnot. So, like... Like stupid, they're just consolidating it all into one thing, but like it's not going to be that different. But like this is this is like a big gamble because that is their number one top franchise, right? There's nothing in their portfolio that has the market share, the name recognition, as high as Assassin's Creed. Tom Clancy is Tom Clancy. I think is right after. I'm just about to say. Oh, a little close, but I but, but the thing is, point. yeah, like <laughs> Assassin's Creed is like their baby. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if it doesn't work with that, I think that's when you'll see them basically do a whole culture shift. Where it's like, all right, um, we're not cut out for live service. Let's pivot elsewhere, and who knows where that'll be? That, the Raven Rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, this might have also just been like news that normally doesn't come out, but it's it's almost. 
this is kind of how games are developed. Like Overwatch was the team that made Overwatch was a period three. It was called I think it was Team Six. There were like six teams that were trying to make different projects, and this was the only one <laughs> that actually panned out. Mm-hmm. So you know, three teams trying to make a game, none of them panned out. Maybe it's, it's you know, it's just normally it's news that you normally wouldn't have heard about. You know, it's kind of like uh, yeah, like it was a leak. So like it, yeah, they probably okay. wouldn't have announced it in go. that way. It's like oh yeah, this thing that we didn't tell you about got canceled. Like who would have said that? Exactly. No but like, yeah, someone someone heard something that they shouldn't have. Yeah, like we live in safer times, but the news is just shows you more violence. You know that that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This is kind of how the game the gaming industry works. We just weren't supposed to hear about this. So. I'm not too concerned, but I also used to dabble in penny stocks and stock market stuff. It's all about perception. If this looks weak, maybe somebody panics and runs away with their money. Maybe not. We'll see. That's true. But yeah, any any final thoughts on this before we move on to the D and D topic? Oh man, no. Let's get moving. I think we um we beat this one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, let's talk D and D. Wizards of the Coast and their whole open game license thing. Uh, like both you guys, Blue especially, I think, are much bigger D and D nerds than I am. <laughs> uh, so when you guys first heard the news, like before the turnaround, like what was your perception as to kind of what was going to happen? Like what, like what was your gut reaction to them saying uh, no more fun with our with mm-hmm. our rules anymore? Um, honestly, and I. I kind of saw it coming it was a matter of time dnd's on the mm-hmm. rise it's popular it's becoming more popular and especially when they had an open license and i'm i'm learning about people who are professional dms i'm seeing this dnd movie coming out i'm seeing critical roles starting to blow up because they did a netflix show and and they're i'm not even gonna talk about them but anyway <laughs> amazon prime show oh exactly um sorry it was amazon prime um so it's just like I knew that they were going to start clamping down on the rules. A lot of DMs knew this stuff too because uh, they all want a piece of the pie. They they only had like a tiny bit of actual copyright, which is like a couple of the monsters and stuff like that. But you have games that are one hundred percent based on these um, the the original rules, like uh, Salaska. Mm-hmm. That was one of the games I was talking about for a long time on Game Pass. That is virtually D and D five e just automated and it's it's a really good clone of it but and it's funny in the credits they say you know this is all open license open game license from wizard of the coast da, da, da. so the fact that everyone is saying hey look it's free it's free it's free we can use it we can use it we can use it and we can do these great things i knew that wizard of the coast wasn't <laughs> going to just sit down for the longest time and not try to get a piece of get a piece of the action so my, my question is, um, where did OGL come from? Like, that came from Wizards of the Coast, right? Yeah, and the whole goal was to get it to more people so people would buy the rule books. And they would, um, it was it was a, um, I guess in hindsight, a flawed marketing plan. Um, <laughs> yeah, and now very, very, very much later, they're trying to rescind it. And um, after people have built all kinds of businesses and campaigns and um just uh oh drummy um dropped a whole paragraph i'm gonna check that out in a bit but <laughs> yeah it, it's just like there's a lot of things that people have built on top of this and they're they're trying to pull it now so it um saw it coming the greed of man 
Uh, Lampy in the chat says, uh, here's a fun fact for you. A lot of lawyers have been looking at the D&D thing since it got public attention. They are all saying that the OGL is pointless as they can't claim copyright on the rules, as you can't claim copyright on a system. It's expressly excluded from copyright law. So, I mean, but is it, is that what the OGL was? They're saying like, oh, the, our rule set for D&D is open to all? Or was it like the terminology and... You know, like, because, like you said, they copyrighted like some monsters and. Yeah, I think that like was the, one uh -huh. of the biggest things. So I, I hear what Lampy's saying about the system, and you know, you can't really tell people they can't play a game, but at the same time, um, they had content that was part of this open game um, license. That, mm -hmm. uh, for example, the monsters and and how they look and how um, I can't even say how they act because that's all up for interpretation, right? But at least the looks and the names is what they were really trying to hold on to. Um, I think Eye of the Beholder, like I said, was one of the most popular ones that they really kept in their pocket that you, you weren't allowed to use if you were trying to make money off of uh, a, a role-playing role game, tabletop role-playing game campaign. Um, I wouldn't even say D&D because there's so much based on there. So, yeah. <clears throat> like I'm, I'm kind of a novice in terms of like the rules like like what like what's so significant about D's rules versus like any other tabletop rpg's rules like what like are there big differences like is there a reason why DD is so widely known were they the first were they are they the best like i, I don't know i mean you get all the all the satanic panic like you kind of all become <laughs> the most known but it's just you just got to look at it the way uh like epic games where they will license out their engine for you that's pretty much what they're saying is like we're doing all the hard work for you we're not making anything off of it by a license you know that's that's kind of uh -huh. what they're trying to do i almost wondered did they have a change in, in some uh like a higher up because there was a lot of money to be made and that's when as you said the greed of man how do we they go it goes from we're making money how do we make more money right is when it starts to get a little scummy i figured they would do something like try and popularize different monsters like the beholder if you want to use that you got you got to pay some pretty good money to include that yeah. uh, instead of trying to be you know add some quality add something that's actually worth investing and getting hyped about they're just trying to rescind an open license that they've always had it was, it was mostly like as a show of goodwill because they wanted everybody to play it and didn't want to be like oh if you can't afford the game you you, you uh, cannot by law draw our stuff on your in your own books and write our own rules and all that stuff like no mm -hmm. they went from it's almost like virtual gentrification everything that comes from the culture of dnd comes from everybody grouping around this pre-licensed um home brewing aspect that is that is the culture of dnd and now they're trying to like they're trying to make money off of it and they're trying to get rid of it <laughs> yeah. so it's like somebody higher up is going dnd is great i just don't <laughs> like the poor people yeah exactly so exactly so here's my question because the the poor people as you put it i'm assuming are just like the regular players right you and i yeah like i'm calling you poor <laughs> no would would this would this, should this have gone through because they have like you know kind of walked it back some we'll, we'll get into that a bit but should this have gone through and like apparently they're like okay you can't monetize your games or whatever without our express written consent or without paying us a fee or whatever would that have had any effect over just your home games um 
Uh, because if you're not trying to get paid off of using right. you know your characters and telling the story of your D and D campaign in another medium, and you know, like that would be completely unaffected. I would assume, right? Just the regular home game. You'd hope so, right? Uh huh. But check this out, right? You're you're not trying to make money. Mm-hmm. You and your friends record a couple clips. You put it on TikTok. That was funny. You get stupid popular. And mm-hmm. now Wizards of the Coast at your door talking about we want some of the attention you get because yep. you used our our stuff. I think the internet really... Is, is there money to be made from that, though? Oh, they said sure. like, it, attention. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> look at the corn dude. The corn boy. He was <laughs> talking about corn. <laughs> there was money to be made on a dude looking at corn. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can make money off of... Uh, maybe just an audio clip from TikTok. You could, you could, you could get attention that they're gonna want. It's also I mean, just sure, but like they wouldn't have got popular. Uh, Roll twenty played a huge <laughs> role, you know, because it's just like any other board game. You need people, you need to be there. But now you yeah. can do, do do all this virtual stuff, and the engine it's is set up on all the, all the D and D stuff. Yeah. So now they're trying to the the, the way they would want to do it is like, all right, we're gonna charge Roll twenty for this, then Roll twenty is gonna charge the rest of us. And 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 no it, it just all falls apart. They're trying that. to get their hands in the culture, but part of the culture is it was free. Wizards of the, Wizards mm. of the Coast for Magic: The Gathering have like a very similar license in that, like, if you ain't got the card, certain tournaments you can just sort of like doodle one, representing the card that exists, so you don't have to go out buying it. And and there you go. Like, it, it some officially sanctioned tournaments yeah. operate that way, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're pretty lax on that. And they know that that's just kind of how it gets the word spread. It's like the Costco hot dog, dollar fifty since the inception. And he says, if you change these prices, I'm gonna kill you, yeah. uh, straight up. <laughs> yeah. I forgot who it was that sent uh, a samurai sword to an, uh, to Hollywood when they were trying to change their their Japanese films. It's like you touch it, you better not. <laughs> that's it. Enjoy oh, this I sword. Love that energy. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's at some point somebody's. Uh, you always have to be on the rise, on the rise, and on the watch for these little dudes to come out of nowhere, and they're fresh out of college, still got they still got their baby teeth probably. Just going, look, this is how much money we're making. Yeah, right out of college, all you the know, baby teeth, all the baby teeth yeah. still. This is how we can make more money. Yeah, because they don't have any life experiences. They don't. They don't know nothing. These guys are fourteen years old, fresh out of college. I can make. I could increase your profits by twenty five percent, and that's it. They don't know about love. They don't know about. The world, they don't know nothing, just money and numbers, and there's just no heart, there's nothing coming yeah, out. Yeah, no, no heart, no consideration. Yeah, I feel you. Awful stuff. Like, they, they just look at the bottom line, it's like, this number needs to be higher. Hmm. And I can make it higher. Let me put my thinking cap on, and then you get this sort of backlash. But okay, so they had the backlash, and essentially they released a statement that kind of says, um, oh, we were just testing the wall. I'm paraphrasing very heavily here. <laughs> but they're essentially saying like we were just testing the waters. Uh, we're actually we were looking for the feedback. Should we do something like this? And you guys have let us know that we shouldn't do something like this. Therefore, we all win. Great, congrats, we did it, guys. That was kind of the energy. Again, paraphrasing. But hey, like, um, you guys, you want mm-hmm. me to shoot you guys in the foot? No. Okay. All right. Just checking. Great. Because I didn't. I didn't really want to shoot you in the foot. Yeah. Either, I didn't so. want to shoot you in the foot. I was just making sure because he said you guys were gonna like it, but I was like, nah, I don't think so. So I was just asking first. <laughs> like, no, bro. Like, you tried it. <laughs> That's what happened. You tried so, it. So, so my question is, does that kind of sully, like D and D or you know Wizards of the Coast for you as a fan, like a longtime fan of using their rule sets, using their you know characters, monsters, whatever it is that you use from them. 
does that kind of, <laughs> as you guys who personally you know play the game, does that make you feel like you know what F D and know what they're on. I'm gonna go play uh, whatever that I've been eyeing for the last several years. Like you're just gonna move on now. Like do do you feel like that's the kind of energy in the community? Like chat, you guys can chime in as well. Or is it more so? It's like, all right, you better not, and then just go back to playing D and D. Well, I mean, you definitely got a front. Be like, you better not, and cancel. And then they're like, all right, fine, we won't. And that's like, all right, I'm coming back now. <laughs> that's how I'm saying. You, it's not. It's not so much hollow words. I think it's just action demands action, right? Yeah. And then yeah. if they if they have some action, then all right, it's, it's okay to go back. If if the change you seek occurs because of your action, it's okay to go back. I think people find that to be hypocritical, right? But mm-hmm. it's like, no, we we got what we wanted, so. It's it's okay yeah, to stay yeah, yeah. here, but uh, I I was of the, I was the poor's <laughs> that the community mm-hmm. that Wizards of the Coast doesn't like, so I was already sort of uh, bootlegging their stuff. This doesn't change anything for me. Yeah, I use the Ivy Holder all the time. Damn, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, real talk though. Uh, there's. I, I do like this question because um, I, I agree with Frost, right? At this point, there's a lot of people, I'll say it's even a familiarity thing. You know, there's a lot of people who know the system. There's a lot of people who are familiar with the words, even though they don't know the system. Um, just be, from TikTok and memes and blah, blah, blah. But, um, or just even your basic RPGs that have already taken from um, D&D, people are familiar with these terms. So it's easy to explain to somebody, hey, this is what constitution means. Hey, this is what strength means, blah, blah, blah. Um, however, there has been, and I feel like there's been an um, uptick in, on the popularization of other systems. Um, there's some other mm-hmm. systems coming up that are, look very wonderful. But just like, just, like any, just like any game that's complex, it takes time to sit down and read the rules and understand them, right? Um, look, I love those murder mystery games when you and like 10 <laughs> friends sit in the living room and they're like, who done it kind of deal, right? Uh, but not goodness. everybody likes sitting down and like, listening to all the rules. Like, okay, well, if you're the detective, you can only talk to one person, but you got to close your eyes. And, blah, blah, blah. and you know, <laughs> that's kind of the ex- uh-huh. explanation you're going to have to get into to get into a new system to spite D&D. It's kind of like, the um the switch has to be worth it for me at this point mm-hmm. right now it has are they some stank fools yeah for sure <laughs> is it gonna make me the good the, the good thing is i'm not making the money right now as far as i know i'm not making the money so um but i am gonna use what was already out there it, it definitely fostered a culture just like you said uh, earlier frost and um just the the gathering it's just sad that they would try to exploit the this gathering experience because especially in in the times that we're in now i feel mm-hmm. like we need games like this way more than we used to and to try and cut in on that mon- and monetize that is just i think it's a little disgusting yeah and it's it's a weird time to attempt such a thing like that too because just like you're saying like you know there's this uh, real, and there's this real problem with inflation the world over. People don't have money. Uh, if if someone, if a group of friends got lucky and are able to make a profit off of this fun thing that they were doing, now you want to tax them? Yeah, like you want to you want to tax them. But also, is it like just like you mentioned earlier, Blue D and D is like more popular than ever. Like they have 
a movie with like A list talent heading to theaters. Started about that. (laughs) I mean, regardless of what you think, (laughs) I I feel the movie's gonna go. Like, Wizards of the Coast is making money off of the fact that that's being done. Like, right? And like, they're gonna get more market share. Like, if that movie does even moderately well, you'll probably get a new influx of a bunch of people who are like, oh, let, what is this D&D thing about? And maybe they'll actually go and buy the official book and start playing in official games. with like, As long as people are playing that game, Wizards of the Coast is winning, right? Yeah. And if it's staying in the public uh, lexicon, they are winning. So it's like you're you're doing better. You're on an upper trajectory. And like what? You're just like sniffing your own farts to the point where you're like, all right, well, now we can make all these a-holes pay us even more money. It's like, what are you doing? It could just be like they like drama. You know what I mean? Like people like drama. So like, oh, let's just stir it up a little bit and just make people. <laughs> like, oh, no, we were just kidding. Sorry. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> we're just playing it's around. very possible. It's very possible. People who didn't even think about all this are just like, oh, it's Wizard of the Coast. Who's what are they doing? And they just bring it in to watch the movie now. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just really <laughs> grasping at straws on why they would be such a jerk. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And and some it's somebody's job to make the money. And that was part of the plan. Right. Oh, part of me wonders who to, like, if it's not a necessary evil. So, like, critical role on their D&D yeah. thing. In order to have the Amazon Prime thing, they kind of had to, like, get all the legal stuff. Like, you're mm-hmm. not a, really allowed to make fan art for them even, anymore, even though that was kind of a big staple. But that's sort of the trade-off. Is like, mm. don't make fan art. It's not me being mean to you. It's me preventing people from suing you, kind of. You know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. you don't you don't see that this is for your own good. I know it sounds mean. It doesn't work that way. Uh, I'm almost wondering if, if Wizards of the Coast was trying to do something like that, as maybe bigger studios are trying to dip in a D&D, where it's like, you can't rip me off. Don't rip these guys off, though. Like, that that's when you might get sued. Yeah, there there was a little nugget of, apparently, like, if they are going to start having adaptations made, for example, a movie. Yeah. And then uh, some situations from the movie seem very similar to some smaller game that has kind of has its own thing. And then it's a situation where they're like, oh... You stole my idea. Like, this is my campaign. Look, here's the proof that this this is exactly yeah. what happened in my campaign. Like, yeah, that sort of thing. They did say it was like, okay, so this is to basically make sure that that sort of thing is covered. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, they're not they're not looking at everyone's D&D campaigns for material. That's just not a thing yeah. they're doing. It's impossible. But they, would, <laughs> yeah, they would need protection from those sort of claims because you would definitely get those sort of claims. Yeah. So, like, that, that made sense. In, in that uh, brief that they sent out, but in, in general, I, I don't know. I'm not a D and D guy, guys. Especially with, with like uh, <laughs> with like Stranger Things because they are using some D and D characters. If you use the Netflix ones, you can't get sued by Netflix. Not with Wizards of the Coast. So I wonder if this is like all just some really weird legal system that they kind of got themselves wrapped up into. Like uh, Dead by Daylight had Stranger Things passed, but they had to revoke it because Netflix and some other garbage. So uh, this might just them either, either you got some stank fools, as you, as you said, trying to make more money or you got someone trying to claim the IPs and, and the systems so that they can maintain the culture. Either way, it's, it's a, it's a rough look all around. I, I, I just don't know why they don't use it to their, um, to their advantage. So, so like a lot of open licenses basically are saying you guys can make money off of this. You can do whatever you want, but if I want to use your stuff that you make, I can for free. Like now you have so many people running so many campaigns. I'm like, I want to make a movie. That campaign was dope. I'm going to rip them off. It's my system. You know, it's like little tit for tat. Uh-huh. Why not? Yeah. 
Yeah. But often, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a whole uh, Ouroboros thing, Snake eating yeah. its own tail. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, most a lot of players' campaigns are probably just ripping off stuff that they've seen. It's like, oh, this... My campaign is just based on James Cameron's Terminator. Mine. <laughs> I based my characters on Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there no, I've go. seen people with some crazy themes that are just fun. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. they're not always something that's, I guess, marketable um, or easily marketable. And that's the hard part. For sure. You know? Uh, uh, real quick, I just want to point out Fat Highlander in chat says, uh, are we switching my group to PF2E? Uh, after Wizards of the Coast gutted magic for money, they come from my D&D. I know they rescinded the OGL, but it's too late. Hasbro, who owns Wizards of the Coast, is so greedy. So, yeah, yeah they, they have, they're getting some folks who are like, I'll forget them. Yeah, I, I suppose, but that's kind of like, um, all right, so like the Unity thing, right? Mm-hmm. thing is, Unity's got a massive community. If I get a weird bug in, in the Unity server as I'm trying to make my own game or whatever, I can Google, mm-hmm. like, in YouTube, and it, it's all there instead of going to Godot, who is, like, I don't, I don't know if they're better, but they, I wouldn't be able to troubleshoot as well. If I have a problem in World of Warcraft, that's going to be a lot easier to figure out than, like, some fringe, even if it's a better MMORPG that's not nearly as popular. Popularity has, it's got its own form of currency. That's why a lot of a lot of people, yep. as you said, will stay on D and hear I hear all the time Pathfinder is more fun. Even uh, Critical yeah. Role started on Pathfinder. They moved to Five E just to make it like a little more accessible, right? Yeah, and, and that's that's fun. like kind of what it is. It's like well, <clears throat> there's more people. To talk I wonder to how the Pathfinder people feel about that. <laughs> I don't know. Do they I, feel like betrayed? Like because. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's, it's almost like Dota versus League of Legends. League of Legends more accessible, more popular, but Dota is like these are the, the real triars. This is, these are the real gamers. I'm sure they're not too concerned. They get to keep their depth. Uh, <laughs> I just want to point out, uh, Cat. Yeah, said my characters are based off of Medea movies. Cat back to jail. <laughs> Diaries of Mad Black Woman. They're all just Tyler Perry. <laughs> family that praise i hate her oh, oh god. my gosh get her out the chat <laughs> all right so so on on that note yeah. uh, we'll move on to our final topic yeah uh justin roiland uh half of the uh creative duo that created rick and morty and the head of squanch games who created the recently released high on life uh rick and morty very popular adult cartoon series high on life uh reviewing fairly well uh game pass uh, first-person shooter, apparently charged with domestic violence. Um, I, I use the word charged because uh, apparently he's he's pleading not guilty. They're going to be having a court case, all this stuff like that. <clears throat> so uh, this is the court of public opinion. Like, we don't have the answers, Sway. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there there has been stuff starting to come out. Like, uh, I, I, I just scrolling through my timeline uh, apparently an ex-writer of his posted uh, some back and forth where he essentially was just saying like real just shitty stuff to her like kind of un, unpro- unprovoked stuff that clearly he thought was funny and like when you just read it it's like why would you say this to a coworker? you know what I mean but then you um, watch Rick and Morty and you're like oh <laughs> but that okay so that's <laughs> yeah. that's what I wanted that's the main thing I want to get into right because I- a lot, a lot of this, uh, a lot of this tone that's now being like this, this cloud that's hovering over Justin Roiland as a possible dirtbag 
is kind of leeching into people's perception of not necessarily Rick and Morty, but Rick and Morty fans. And it's like, okay. It's like, oh, of course this guy made that show. And of course you over here like that show because you're like that guy. And like that sort of energy is all over the place. Oh, I see what you're saying. I was like, oh, all right. Interesting. Because I will fully admit that there are toxic fan bases. Like almost every single yeah. like fandom has like a, a just a big gooey toxic center. And, and Rick and Morty has particularly been in the media for having like really out of control super fans just like behaving very poorly in public places. Uh, but Justin Roiland's crimes, and this is my take here, Justin Roiland's crimes, whether he's found to be guilty or not guilty or whatever, his name is already Sully. Because he's he's kind of the uh, <laughs> the lead, the Pied Piper of like a mass of fans who are very much disliked. <laughs> like there's a lot there's a lot of people who like are really really into Rick and Morty who yeah. are just generally disliked, and not even just on the internet because they show up in real life and do bad things. <laughs> it's yeah, like I that. it's like Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Uh-huh. Um, but they can't get away with stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know how crazy they were back when South Park was first, like, getting popular? They're, like, mm-hmm. doing the wildest stuff in public, but they didn't have the internet to propagate their craziness as yeah. well as it is today. I think they're Matt Stone and Trey Parker of the past, but there's too many cameras on them now and too many text uh, screenshots on them now. That's how I feel, man. Um, yeah. It's- that's as wild. I'm sorry, Frost. Did you want to jump in? I was just thinking, this is why you don't base your creative energy on alcohol. Like, just purely <laughs> alcohol, bro. Yep. You get, you get yep. some weird things coming out of this. Uh, does it paint it in a different light? Almost, kind of. When I was, as I was reading, like what was happening, what was like alleged, or what happened, or whatnot. I'm like, this reads like a Rick and Morty episode, and I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and I think that's kind of why I'm. I hate to be that guy that's like, oh, I'm not surprised, right? But at the same time, it's just when you see what they write and the situation mm-hmm. that they put together, mm-hmm. your head's been there at one point, you know? And I know that with these guys, true. somebody had to dial some of them episodes back, and they're still outrageous. So just like I can imagine you saying some wild stuff to, you, to your significant other. Um, and then I could imagine, you know, beyond that. And not surprised. And and that's that's fair because like you said, like this this stuff has to come from somewhere. Like if yeah. you're writing a, a show that has a lot of these tendencies, like that basically I won't say glorifies because I think that's something that that's not the fan base does. Yeah, yeah like the yeah, show itself right. does not glorify the toxicity of a lot of these relationships that yeah. it depicts. It does not. That's just mm-hmm. not true. But for someone to kind of know that sort of behavior so and be able to write it so well you wonder where where does that information come from? Like, how are you so tied to that information? And I, I don't want to let the other co-creator of Rick and Morty kind of off the hook fully here because nah. Dan Harmon, I'm a big fan of Dan Harmon as a writer. He got some weird stuff. He up. has some stuff in his past as well. The baby That was thing? also, yeah, there was the, more, more so than that, more so than that. Because like, yeah, he, he had some real questionable uh, comedy skits in his youth that flared up and like people were trying to uh, cancel him over. Uh, honestly, I feel like it, that stuff was in poor taste, but it wasn't like he didn't commit a crime. He just did a, a shitty skit. 
But <laughs> should be a crime. Yeah, it should but, be a crime and, that way. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> technically, you, that's why I didn't say nothing because technically, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm, I'm just stating disgusting. just stating facts here. You're right. You're right. It was, it was a it was a really bad skit. Like sure, I, I, it was very bad, terrible, terrible skit. But uh, he was implicated during the height of the Me Too movement. Yeah. Like one of his coworkers basically said that he did very inappropriate stuff. Said inappropriate stuff to her like tried to you know come on to her as her as a boss and stuff like that um and it and during that situation like as he was being accused dan Harmon owned up to those allegations he apologized he in the midst of all that like he he kind of took responsibility and put it in her hands in terms of like what would be his fate and she forgave him like it was it was one of the rare which we really don't see enough of but it was a rare instance where okay this was a bad situation but it was resolved between those people and not like in the public for i mean he told the story after the fact which is why people know but like she forgave him like she doesn't have ill will towards him as far as that situation occurred and like he supposedly has become a better person afterwards like he is now more cognizant of that sort of behavior and whatnot after the fact and isn't that what we want? <laughs> you like, like yes, yeah. you should definitely tell people when they have behaved badly and people who behave badly should be punished. But at some point, human beings kind of need to be redeemed. Because if you're just chopping off the legs of every single person in society who ever does a bad thing, it's like at some point you end up with a no. bunch of people who are just either perfect, like actually perfect, or are hiding some very big skeletons very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you so like, at no, what I mean, point do we let them off the hook? That's what you're asking, right? Yeah. Kind of. I mean, this is this is fresh here with Justin Roiland. Yeah, no. So like, I'm not I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying like he shouldn't have his his day in you know getting dragged or yeah. whatever. But situations like this happen all the time in the fact in the the situation as in something bad comes out about a celebrity and now everyone wants to dogpile. I think what we should start doing as society is to kind of mind our business a little bit and let that play (laughs) out because as, as terrible as what he's being accused of is it's kind of not our business. I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like I'm a fan of Rick and Morty, the show, like I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a super fan, but like I think the I think the writing on the show is really good. I think the characterization of the characters and stuff is really good. Like I think it's really smart in a lot of places, uh, and I enjoy watching it. But that has nothing to do with uh, how I feel about its creators. Like I can admire Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland for being good at making this show, but that doesn't mean I I automatically forgive them for being bad actors in real life. You know what I mean? Okay. But at the same time. I don't know those men. <laughs> like I don't know anything about his life. So this well, news report that says he beat his wife. His life, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we know he's that's been charged for beating his wife, right? <laughs> so because that's not my business, I'm gonna see how that plays out. <laughs> so does, does that make sense? A Kanye defense, bro. <laughs> not again. You still ain't bootlegged this well, shit. Well, Kanye, Kanye didn't allegedly do anything, right? Kanye did stuff. He did stuff, right? <laughs> and this, and the stuff he did, we know for the most part is because he is not well. So, like, I, I in in that same vein, sure, I can't, I can't jump down the throat and be like, 
all right, well, this is not the Kanye I know because I know it's not the Kanye I know. Like, that man is mentally unwell. <laughs> but you don't know him. I don't know him. Right. Yeah. The, the Kanye I know is through the music, right? I know the art that the man has made. And that's what I identify with. That's what I like. That's what I listen to and pay attention to. Yeah. The fact that he's out um, being a real dirtbag, like a real-life dirtbag, to me, doesn't change how the music I've heard from him for several years has affected me, if that makes sense. Like, I think it depends on the degree. So, like... Mm-hmm. Who was it? Dan Schneider? Whoever the Nickelodeon dude is? like Rob well, Schneider. Rob Schneider. There are a lot of Schneiders. No, Rob Schneider's the, the, no, the Adam Sandler guy. Yeah, it's Adam Sandler. It's like, okay, who's Dan Schneider? Dan Schneider's like Nickelodeon director. Old school. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, with like iCarly and all that. And you just hear more that he had this weird thing with, the first feet. off, like pedo vibes and then yeah. feet as well. And the feet, children's yeah. feet. Yeah, I heard about so that. So you're seeing like back in the day, Nickelodeon's logo was an orange was foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would have like Twitter, Instagram things where it's like write write iCarly's name, hashtag iCarly on the bottom of your foot, send in a picture and we're gonna pick a winner. You know, like it's it's that kind of knowledge where I was like, maybe you're just not impacted enough. But now I couldn't really go back and watch some of that stuff and be like, Oh, this is what's going on here. Um oh, a lot man. of weird episodes with like strange feet things where back in the day you're kinda like, I guess that's just like as funny, as raunchy as humor can get when you're in middle school, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they ain't gonna be showing ass. They ain't gonna be just, like doing weird things with their colon. It's just like ha, farts and and feet. That's all it is. So now I'm just here like I'm watching someone's just strange kinks. Yeah, it's a little awkward. You know, that's how I felt about. Well, yeah, when it's recontextualized mind. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's again, how I feel just, about when I listen to R. Kelly music. All right, I don't anymore. But you know, mm-hmm. like when I'm listening to a. Uh, 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 Pony or bumping ground. I'm just like, ew. Now that I know where he's at, you know what I'm saying? Yucky. Like at a certain point in my life, though, I did um identify with it as like a really sensual song. I'm like, yo, this is super nice, da, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just like, I hear the person who's singing this. And I feel like it's gonna be the same kind of effect when it comes to and maybe it just hasn't hit you the same, Sig, but I feel like it's gonna be the same effect for me at least when it comes to all the squanch stuff that's going on I'll no I, Marty that, that is a that's a good point i yeah. will concede that when when the content gets recontextualized in that way that's a different story because uh a similar situation happened with um crap what was the name of that it was this foreign band that were revealed to be like nazi sympathizers oh. ace of base Wow! Yeah, all of their all of Ace of Base's big hits apparently were like Nazi sympathizer songs, and like when you actually pay attention to the lyrics, it's like they're referring to like all this like right. white supremacy, Third Reich stuff Jeez. in the actual lyrics to these very popular, super catchy pop songs, and um, that sort of thing definitely changes your relationship to the art. And was it? Um, but. But does I mean that does that make the person who liked the art retroactively, you know, uh, forgiving of those transgressions? Like I can't I can't imagine why. It's not something like that. It's just the meta, not even the metaphorical, but just just the non the non visual, um, mm-hmm. providing 
back into their pockets essentially like this watching rick and morty all that stuff we're still sort of like we're supporting the show we're supporting the creator it's it's weird in that way where it's just like you are not a nazi sympathizer but you are putting money into the hands of nazis you mm-hmm. know like that's where it comes back at it but again I'm, I'm just really weird with creative thoughts and creative energies so like bob's burgers different show one of the characters was at january 6th they, oh, they, they threw him out. They're like, all right, oh, we're not yeah, having this. Recast that. him. Yeah, that's right. And I'm just like, all right, this kind of action I can get around with. And the show's like still kind of the same. Like, how do I feel about the older ones? Uh, Again, it almost comes with that context. I'm with you in that This these scenarios are not black and white, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you exactly. that it, it's not easy yeah. because a lot of it just comes down to context. Like, yeah. If I had no context, I could still be enjoying my. I could be enjoying my stuff in my happy, merry way. Now with the context, suddenly it's on me. If you continue to watch this, you are a pedo. You are a Nazi. You are a whatever. And it's just like mm-hmm. that kind of burden on somebody out of the blue who's just watching cartoons. That's not where that discussion's to be had. You right? Know? Yeah. It's like I get and, that. And and this now springboards onto uh, where I did want to actually take this this final topic, which is J.K. Rowling and Hogwarts mm. Legacy. Yeah, because that same situation is playing out all over the internet. And I know Twitter is fake. Twitter is very fake. It doesn't matter what people say on Twitter. But there are a lot of people on Twitter essentially drawing a line in the sand saying that if you buy Hogwarts Legacy, essentially you're telling all of your trans friends that you don't support them. I thought J.K. Rowling wasn't associated with this. She's not. Yeah, but she does get like she's not associated in any of the creative stuff. Like she didn't like put input into what's happening there, but like she owns the wizarding world, so she will make money off of it. Mm. Mm. So, so like there are people who are saying like, yeah, it'll put money in her pocket, which means you're supporting uh, an anti-trans bigot who actively, you know, puts efforts into damaging, you know, trans people, which I believe is true. Like J.K. Rowling Mm -hmm. is very vocal about her her views and whatnot. But on on the other hand, it's like okay, well these guys just really like Harry Potter <laughs> and they've been waiting for this Harry Potter video game for a long time. But like, is that a direct, af- like, is that a direct attack on trans people or trans people in their lives or like, you know, in the ether because they really wanted to play a Harry Potter video game? Like, should, like, should this situation even be this dicey? Like, I feel like, like, I, I honestly wonder how we got here. <laughs> I think everybody needs to make that decision in their own time. (laughs) Boom. There it is right there. I think once you have the knowledge about where your money's going and what your support means, that's on you to say, that's what I want to do. That that comes down to conscience or honor or whatever it is that you feel, right? So yeah. like, if this stuff is true about Justin Roiland, I ain't really gonna I ain't gonna lose sleep over not watching Rick and Morty. I'm okay with that. Don't really care for Hogwarts Legacy, and it's it's just more so. I'm not gonna jump down somebody else's throat about it, especially if they don't want to have that kind of burden on it. It's just strange because I know the argument is, well, if you wanted to be super responsible and only buy safe things, you wouldn't buy anything ever. Exactly. Right. So that's that, like the whole that, of the that, good that's place. that's weird though. Is that it should it, that shouldn't allow these kinds of things. I mm-hmm. as as somebody who likes the creative arts, and I don't think America supports the creative arts enough. And for some reason, um, they try to detach the dollar from ideas and whatnot. I think ideas and, and money go hand in hand. So 
if I don't like their ideas, then I get my money, right? That and that's on me. I'm not gonna be like, all right, Casey, you you love Kanye, so you hate Jews. That's just weird, right? Especially <laughs> it's a, it's not right now. When we have like 15 minutes left here. <laughs> I'm gonna convert <laughs> you right now. I, I know what J.K. Rowling's about. I know what she represents. I know what she's gonna do with that Hogwarts money. I don't feel in, in good spirits to be supporting that, you know. So I'm not gonna. Also, let's be honest. I'm not gonna get on that high horse. I wasn't gonna buy it to begin with. So, I'm be honest. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. My wife is much bigger than I am. I saw this game. I was like, yeah, we can pick this up. And, you know, learning more about it, I'm just like, I don't know if it's worth it. Like, morally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been kind of... I'll be saying, I'm, yeah, I'm not a big Harry Potter guy. I but personally have cool. been... See you. See you feel that way. I've been saying I think this game looks ass. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of people agree with you too. But, yeah, I know. I know I'm in my own camp, but um, I just don't. That, like, that game does not look interesting to me. Yeah, I don't I like the extremes really, where it's like. But moral high ground yeah, like, people on the left and on the right side, it's the ones that's like, well, you can't be responsible. Go ahead and buy whatever. It's like no, there's, there's somewhere in the middle where we got to have some responsibility and try to like find a way to. If you could get J.K. Rowling. To be detached some somehow from Hogwarts, all these people would buy it again, and that's it. Like this, that's not possible. That's not real. So the best thing they can do is withhold their money. You know, like the, I would like yeah, to be, there to be a way to take ideas and make them. I don't know of the people. That'd be weird. Some like take creative ideas and make it more common. That's why I just say oh, bootlegger games. Uh, and and yeah, like. The thing that muddies this so much, Donald Longley points out, J.K. Rowling herself says she considers her continued revenue stream as proof most people agree with her. And that's and like, what I'm not trying to do. You see what I'm saying? That's that's trolling is what that is, because clearly that's not right. true. She's trying to take <laughs> right? she Yeah, she's, she, she's essentially, she's kicking more dirt on the people she's, you know, battling with. Hurt. She's like, oh, look at how much money I still make. Doesn't that, doesn't that, hurt your feelings people whose feelings i keep hurting <laughs> like you know what i mean i think she and, should like, that's not necessarily the truth tw- twitter ain't real like you said yeah it's not real yeah Twitter's like, not real. these people are literally just like oh i love harry potter what what's a turf <laughs> you know like they don't they don't know any of these things they are a gryffindor they are a slytherin they're a hufflepuff they're ravenclaw they don't know nothing about like gender they just know about harry potter houses you know <laughs> so they can't they're not in a position to make a responsible choice and she's taking it that way it's like yeah look at all these people standing up for me and yeah my and idea. that and that's that's a majority of the people who i think are are buying most most big budget things right it's, it's kind of just a and i don't mean ignorant in a bad way but just people who aren't tapped into yeah. you know that discourse around the stuff they like they just like the stuff they like i'm with you now i think i think i get you where you are being responsible by saying the things i buy the things i'm into is because i am giving you a thumbs up to your creative decisions but stop misconstruing my support of your creative decisions as your politics, yeah, your ideology, your any personal behaviors, blah blah blah. I like, get you. Those are two separate things. Like if going back to Kanye as an example, Ooh. like you you write, I wish you, you would. write a you write a <laughs> like you you write a whole album, produce a bunch of music that has nothing to do with these very strange anti-Semitic rhetoric that you've that you've basically started to express in just the last couple of years right mm-hmm. like people have been saying like oh, Kanye was at the company saying this that and the third or whatever Oof. what's he saying like what's he saying that in uh in Jesus walks 
Was he was he saying that in was he uh, in Monster in uh, Runaway? Like that man no, yeah, he's like the, the man is sick. Like that's that's like even even removing that portion from the discussion, the fact that like he's known to be bipolar, he's known to have gone off his meds, as a lot of bipolar people tend to do because they feel like it makes them feel like not them. But the man has a problem, and like when he's left in that state. This sort of thing happens <laughs> where he's going on rants. He's not making a lot of sense. He's essentially his own worst enemy. And there's just no one around him to kind of reel that in or control him. Like, it's sad to me. Like, to me, that's very, very sad. Because, like, I really did look up to him as an artist. And I thought I could respect him as a person. That aspect, not really anymore, right? But who's to say how much of that is him or his condition? I don't know because I don't know the man personally. What I do know is that a lot of that music that I grew up with means something specific to me that has nothing to do with what he's going through with his wife, what he's going through with uh, you know the media and the Jewish community. All of that is an entirely different thing, which I do not condone. Like I'm not saying because I like Jesus Walks, Kanye can do no wrong. Like no, that's those two things aren't the same thing. And I I feel like that argument can be made for anyone who is a fan of a work. Of art, like, because even if you're, even if you're a blatant racist, like friggin', uh, what I keep wanting to say, Edgar Allan Poe, but H.P. Lovecraft, Lovecraft, yeah, yeah, like, folks will use derivative versions of you know the stuff he created, cosmic horror, or like adapt stories that he's made, and then they'll give you the excuse like, well, he's dead now, so he doesn't make any money off of the fact that I do the thing. It's also that doesn't free. change the fact that you keep you keep his legacy alive by engaging with that stuff. He didn't make it. Like, are you... It's, it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Because people want to give credit where credit is due, right? They want creators to get recognition for the stuff that they create. But they want to shame people who do bad, and you should. They want to punish people who do bad, and you should. But do you punish people who do bad by divorcing them from their creations? Like, is it fair that J.K. Rowling never make another dime off of Harry Potter stuff, even though she created it because she has these terrible views. Would it be nice if those, if the money for those views didn't support the thing? Yes, but that's not the world we live in. It's way more complicated than that. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that you should act this way or you shouldn't act this way. I'm saying this is a mess. Right. Um, <laughs> like it's, a, it's a tangled web and there isn't a right answer, which is why we keep falling back on this. Look, it's a personal decision. But then that personal decision uh, has, you know, the, the Twitter folks in a tizzy because everybody wants to control everybody. And you can't you can't have it that way. I'm sorry. It sounds like a rant now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I and never heard of like what I mentioned before. earlier. That's like the premise of the good place. Right. Um, yes. If, if we really had ethical spending or if we, we really um, tallied up where we're putting our support we'd all just be going to hell because uh, somebody is exploiting somebody no matter what you do, what you buy, what you consume. So in a, in a way, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, it's almost unavoidable to support this crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I still agree with, with uh, you know, what, Frost and I were saying earlier, it has to be a personal choice. Um, and you really have to 
weigh the scales yourself and see what you support and what you don't. You know, I'm not saying that buying this game is going to say that you're anti-trans, um, but I am saying that you have to know that there is going to be anti-trans action with your money. That's one thing you do have to know. You know what I'm saying? Not all of the, the $70 that you spend, maybe a, a couple <laughs> pennies, <laughs> but you got to know that it's going out that way. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's like, and if, if you don't buy this thing and the next person does, like, does does the same action get taken? With, like, it's, it's hard to know what your individual impact is on that sort of thing. And, like, that's why it's such a know. it's such a personal... Yeah, you won't know, you right? Won't know. So it's such and, a, but the fact a is personal moral anything, decision. Nothing's going to happen anyway. So it's like, it takes a yeah. bunch of individuals to, to take action for it to be significant. If we always just say, oh, the next person's going to do it anyway, so I might as well do it, then that doesn't help anything. And, and is that the best possible action to even take? Who knows, right? It's what if someone's like, you know what? I love Harry Potter. I'm going to buy this Harry Potter game. But what I'm going to do after that is go attend a trans rally and support people in person. Like, does that even your scale? Like, who knows? That's, Cause, like, that's why it's a personal scale. <laughs> right, exactly. That you like, you can't. Yourself. <laughs> like, and I don't think that's a bad idea. I'm not going to lie. Because mm-hmm. you spend more money. You'll spend more pro-trans money at a rally than you would <laughs> anti-trans money at this game. <laughs> so he was like, hey, "Okay, I'm, I'm going to absolve my, myself of this sin by donating." That's to how you got to balance this thing, like I, I the scales, baby. You know what I mean? Lamey <laughs> says, "I'm describing carbon offsetting." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spazowell says, we, uh, "We don't always have to take the best action, but just some action." I think that's well said. Yeah. Um, all right. Any anything else to add on this topic before we close up shop? No, no parting words. Was Harry Potter I'm, that good? <laughs> to, no. to me, not really. But I will say, I started liking um, the uh, Magical Beasts. Um, mm. oh, yeah. oh, Fantastic Beasts yeah, and fantastic. Where to Find Them. I mm. liked those way more than I liked the first um, Harry Potter stuff. Yeah, I like me some and, monsters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably because it's just updated, you know what I'm saying? Maybe. But um, let me not just sit here and start bashing Harry Potter. Let's, let's keep it going. Cause I, <laughs> I think it's fine. I think yeah. Harry Potter is fine. I I never got the the super fandom of it. Like, I was never, I never read the books. I think that's what most people tell me. Like, when I tell them I think Harry Potter is fine, they're like, oh, you didn't read the books, did you? I was like, you know, you're right. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but okay, that's gonna do it. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Frost. You had something to add? My, it was just a just a weird overall on the topic because I feel like it's gonna be something that we're gonna be experiencing over and over and over again. Uh, mm-hmm. Like in games, you're, you're purchasing everything and, and anything can go back to somebody's political views, right? Like how you feel about the new Diablo Four? Yes, scumbag. Like how, how do you <laughs> how do you feel about just about anything coming out these days? And it's yeah, yeah. It, it's what I dislike is the predators foisting responsibility on the innocents so let's say me my wife and a kid and i'm the worst husband ever i'm abusing her and i'm like if you leave you're, you're ruining little timmy's life yeah he's gonna grow up without a mama right like I, am, I that just makes me even more scumbag but at, at some point or other 
us, we, the consumers, without thinking about it, because I'm sure nobody would. If every, every game came in with that thing, Assassin's Creed has, this This was created by a bunch of people with diverse views and, and religious backgrounds. Mm-hmm. If, if that started off in Hogwarts, like, this is created by an author who is anti-trans and et cetera, it's, no one would have bought it. No, it's it's difficult to re- like retroactively do it now. I get it. Should yeah. your actions continue? I don't know. I, the, the topic in itself has almost become so heated, and that's kind of the point where now my my wife is trying to make me stop drinking, but the topic makes me angry, and I got to drink, you know, and it's, it's just <laughs> like you got to find a nice time and a place. I think it's a topic to be had. I think it's a topic that'll get somewhere eventually, just right now, especially if, if it's being hosted on the Twitter sphere. It's not a topic that's going to get anywhere. Mm, that is very true i'm a callous man there's nothing in my life that if somebody said like oh these guys are like anti-mexican i was like all right i will drop um so what is it freaking i will drop assassin's creed i will drop pac-man there's just nothing in my life i'm like no i couldn't live without this finding out that 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 they want to enslave mexicans or anti-immigration or whatnot Mm -hmm. like by daft punk i knew you well (laughs) (laughs) nobody liked that but yeah that's that's just where i go there (laughs) no i mean fair like i i feel like there's gonna there's gonna be this sort of weird moral moment for most people because like this sort of thing keeps happening yeah like whatever it is that thing that is so closely tied to you but it's superficial in like the grander scheme of things like it's a superficial thing but it means a lot to you as an individual all of a sudden it's tainted by some outside force that has really nothing to do with you or it it's like at that point you make a moral decision like all right well it feels icky now to me so Mm. like yeah so individuals then either decide which way they want to go but like whatever they decide like that's their decision I, i feel like trying to jump down the throats of a bunch of randos who are not the aggressor. Like, Justin Roiland has done, or well, has been charged with something wrong here. Right? Yeah. yeah. Let Justin Roiland have his day in court. Let let things be decided there, because that's his business. Like, that's not our business. And for us to start pointing fingers at a bunch of other people because of this dude seems so far off the mark. Like, what are we doing? The fan, <laughs> like, the fan base is annoying. I don't think they're, like all supporting domestic abuse they are annoying they, they had a different name back in the day you know big bang theory fans uh tool fans you know like <laughs> yeah. anything that's even remotely semi-intellectual you get those people who uh-huh. are like oh if you don't like it it's because you're not smart and it yeah, starts with that smart, if you don't like yeah. it it's because I this assumption i've made of you it's because you're racist you're not smart enough you you don't mm-hmm. like reading etc like uh assumptions on assumptions we're fighting each other when it should be them making better choices. Shouldn't be right. my responsibility. Yeah, like the, them being messy has now made a part of my life messy, and like that, that shouldn't be the case. Like, why are why are why am I hearing a bunch of yelling in my ear because I like to wave a wand around? Like that, you know, that's somebody right. else's situation. But I, I get it. Personal responsibility, all that. There's no easy answer to this. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's a mess. It's a giant here, mess. Lampy, what if you found out your electricity supplier was stealing children and all your power came from running on a wheel frost? Steal better kids. My power went out like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's, that's when I'm like, all right, I got to do something. I'm like, yo, let, leave them kids alone. Y'all, y'all got some problems. You have to like actively um, make use of it. There, there's too much... It's a moral. It's a moral bog, right? It's, it's like a minefield. That, that one it's little. That one little comic of like, man, society sucks. Oh, but you live in society. 
you are a hypocrite, you are this, you are that. It's just too many assumptions. People who are trying to do right things, go ahead, keep on trying to do right things. Stop making it so much about like more moral moral fronting and just you know do good. Yes. You know, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Thank you. Yeah. This the whole high horseness of it all. And the the judging of what like the the second I see somebody try and claim that another person is a bad person for something, like in my brain, that it that scenario flips. Like, no, you're the bad person. Why are you <laughs> attacking this rando? Like, leave them alone. Like that that's that's kind of that's the vibe I get. Yeah. Like do do as best as you can in your life for the rest of the people around you. Like that that's the best advice I can give in a situation like this. Like if you're actively trying to better the world, that does not involve attacking people. Regardless of what it is they're doing, you can comment on it, sure. You can denounce it, sure. But like this like don't label, don't attack people. Like yeah. there's we need a lot less of that in general. Oh yeah. But we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Thanks everybody so much for joining us for this uh, conversation blue what do you have coming up that folks can check out Ooh, um well i haven't had anything for a long time um and that's still the case right now <laughs> okay yeah like all cool um but it, it's kind of funny connecting to one of the topics that uh that we talked about today and i've mentioned this to you a couple times before and in the open party but um i will be running some D games um, hey. that's going to be part of a whole series a whole saga it's a whole universe the, the whole story is almost uh finished the groundwork's almost done um so i'm gonna start recruiting some people from the open party so make sure you guys are in the discord if you're interested in yeah, some people talking about discord. RPGs. um your boy's gonna run some dm stuff all right um but yeah just hit me up in the open party i'm blue bones blub zero nes you see it up in the tag i think it's that way I don't, yeah I, it should yeah. be no yeah it's that, that way it's right there yeah, yeah there you go um <laughs> <laughs> and yeah that's me uh nice uh blue if you can like pop the discord uh link in the chat for anyone who's yeah, interested i can do that uh and frost thank you for uh joining me once again uh where can folks find you what do you have coming up absolutely uh just keep your eye out on my escapist stuff outside of that you know doctor's orders i gotta take it easy so i'm um, i'm refitting uh a chill out schedule and then interspersing work wherever. So streams, I wouldn't say they're going to be inconsistent. I'm just in the midst of replanning them all, reorganizing. So to keep track of that, Twitter, if you care for that, I guess. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be just scrolling. Yeah, fo- follow us on Twitter. Twitter. Don't follow whatever else is going on. Yeah. <laughs> Our three accounts and then a bunch of like puppies and food accounts. For that. that's, that's all y'all need. There you right. go. But then one day they get sold off and they become porn accounts. And you got to unfollow oh, them. No. And well, it's not that, that, it. not that I, I won't do baby. that for my account. That's all I'm saying. Hey, so, yeah, that's it's it. only inevitable for mine. <laughs> all right. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you so much. Uh, you can find me at Sigma Gears Nine uh, here on Twitch as well as Twitter. Um, like I mentioned uh, earlier, I have a review up on the Escapist for uh, Ventral Guardian Moonrider. Check that out. Um, the second to last episode for Adventures Nine just hit yesterday for everyone. Um, that show has gone to some crazy places. We were talking about DD, I never even brought it up, but I just remembered <laughs> I'm on a freaking DD show. <laughs> watch watch that episode, watch the whole season. God damn, if you're if you're not caught up, man, you're missing out. It's such a great, great story that's being told in that show. And it's so much fun to do. Um what else? Uh you know, just tune into the escapist. A uh, b- bunch of fun streams uh going on. Get Jesse to the Greek, where we, you know, play God of War and teach Jesse about Greek mythology because he doesn't know any of it, because he was homeschooled, etc um uh, metal gear rising revengeance 
we're going through with Marty. That's been a lot of fun. That game is so over the top. I love it. Uh, we had played board games last night. Uh, come on, guys. Just head over to the escape if you're not there already. Uh. It's a good time. Join the uh, Open Party Discord and join uh, me later today for Super Smash Sunday over on the Open Party channel uh, at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I don't think Jeff will be joining me. Um, so I might be solo. I'll see if I can grab someone uh, else to co-stream with me. Uh, but we'll see. But uh, thanks. Thanks to my two guests. Thanks to everyone in chat. Much appreciated. Love doing this. We'll see you all next week. Peace.